I'm Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the Newgrad Physio. Having experienced my own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, I know exactly what it takes to accelerate your learning and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked at my dream sports club, the Leeds Rhinos, for over 10 seasons, I now consult with a number of individual elite athletes and sporting organisations whilst running my own private practice. But my biggest passion is the new grad physio. I built the new grad physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sports rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. There are specific challenges you will face as a new grad therapist and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. So let's get started. Hi, it's Andy Barker and welcome back to the New Grad Physio podcast. We're into episode 15 and this is all about delivering a great clinical message. So you could be the best therapist, the best New Grad in the world at your you know, patient assessments, you know, be able to provide the absolutely accurate and correct hands-on treatment techniques and even write the best rehab program in the world. But all this good work can be totally undone and so quickly undone if by your inability to communicate well with your patients, specifically your inability to deliver a great clinical message. As therapists generally, we're so, so poor at actually selling what we do. You know, we're poor at actually telling our patients what we can actually do for them, what we can actually deliver and how we can actually help them, how we can get them out of pain and how we can get them back to the, the activity, the sports, the occupations, whatever it is they want to do. Why is this? I think generally as a profession, we're pretty modest in what we do. I think we're generally quite honest, but particularly with the new grads that I've seen, this tend to be far too tentative. And this largely is a result of that lacking in confidence of their actual own skill sets. So new grads that you know that that sort of I work with and I start to work with, they're just so so unconfident really in in actually their own ability to actually deliver and actually help the patients or athletes that they're working with. So, you know, becoming a, a better therapist, if you like, yes, 100%, we need to be more competent with our clinical skills, but a massive, massive, but you need to be also bang on with your delivery and your communication skills. If you're actually going to be able to educate your patients in a way that they actually understand the problems that they've got, they understand the treatment process, because if you're unable to do that and you're unable to deliver that clinical message well to your patients, then they're not going to buy in to what you're telling them and what you're asking them to do because ultimately, one, they don't understand and two, if your information is poorly delivered, maybe they don't have the trust and belief in what you're actually telling them to do. So in this podcast, we're going to go through three, you know, almost like three steps or three points really that that can help you deliver a better clinical message, not only to your actual patients, but also to the senior staff and colleagues that you're going to be working with to really help you not only get the patient results you want, but also get that respect and recognition you deserve as a qualified therapist. So first up, I want to talk all about, about knowing your own plan. So what I'm talking about here is, is not so much your patient plan, but your actual step-by-step system that you use for each and every patient that you see. If you've if you've already qualified and you've been going out to you know CPD events and courses and all the rest of it, what you're probably starting to, to sort of realize is 
that when you go on a course where it's you know related to a knee pathology, ankle pathology, you know, Achilles tendinopathy, shoulder impingement, what you'll get is you know a different view, a different way of of treating a specific injury. And when you try and then so maybe extend that to to use that sort of same sort of process with different injuries, you probably start to see that it doesn't really work like that. And and having a different sort of system or process of of managing a, an Achilles injury, anterior knee pain, shoulder impingement, uh, hamstring injury, whatever it may be, you know, you might be more better than me, but I surely cannot remember 10, 12, 20 different ways to, to manage different types of injuries. So it's so, so simple, but the easiest way is to almost have a uh, a sort of framework, you know, a, an overall system that you can actually use to not only assess, but also take your, your patients, regardless of what injury they got, regardless of the severity of injury, through a full sort of treatment plan. A framework that is, you know, adaptable, is flexible, and it just gives you the confidence that you can you can deal and you can manage with any patient that walks through your door. So that confidence is, give, is is given to you by having a system because you are actually able to identify what the actual patient problems are. You know, you, you've got a system, you've got a framework to work to, you know, it gives you the confidence into to what you're actually going to assess when you're working through your, your assessment, the order of testing, and even give you the confidence into the steps that you're actually going to take a patient through from their current point of injury all the way through to you know to a full recovery and, and getting them back into you know whatever activity or hobby or sport or or occupation or whatever it is you're trying to get them back to, which will be individual to each and every patient that you see. But the process that you go through for every patient that I see is exactly the same. The only difference being, you know, with the 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 real elite or professional athletes that I work with, the end end stage might be slightly different to you know Joe Bloggs who's uh, a 45-year-old roofer who walks into my private practice. But the, the end stage might differ, but every step up to that point is sort of exactly the same. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about having a step-by-step system that gives you that that confidence in the, the order of what you're doing, gives you the confidence to actually identify the actual patient problems that's quick and easy to use and ultimately gives the information that you actually need. So then you can actually formulate a treatment plan and take any patient you see you know, through a full treatment plan from start to finish. So, you know, if you don't have a, you know, step-by-step process, if, you, if you're feeling that, you know, maybe an injury comes in, you know, maybe something you've not seen before, or even if it's injury you have, have dealt with before and you're trying to manage it in a in a particular way, then a different type of injury comes in. So say a knee comes in the next patient and then you're trying to mould your assessment or your, you know, your overall treatment planning uh, in a completely different way. That does all that leads to is overwhelm, confusion, and ultimately probably a lack of actual positive patient results because it doesn't really work like that. It's too complex, it's too difficult, particularly as a new grad to have all these, you know, really high-level complex sort of systems for, for individual reasons. If you're, you know, an expert, you know, in one particular area and you've got a niche market of, you know, looking after uh, shoulder injuries or knee injuries or Achilles problems, which a lot of the speakers that who will speak on these particular topics do. You know, they, their caseload is is pretty much niche to those areas. You know, they can have a very uh, a very specific sort of assessment and treatment plan for those specific injuries because that's what they deal with day in day out. But if you're like ninety nine percent of other therapists 
know, you're working in the NHS, private practice, or even elite sport, you're going to see such a vast array of different injuries that you, you can't be that rigid and have those, you know, systems for each and every injury. You need to have a flexible and adaptable step-by-step system that allows you to, you know, adapt your approach to, to each and every injury you see from, you know, a toe injury to, you know, a neck injury and, and everything in between. Next up, I wanted to talk a little about communication. So, you know, like I said right at the start of this podcast, you could have the best manual therapy skills, the best rehab skills, and even being able to, you know, completely nail your assessment. But if you can't communicate well with your patients, then, you know, you're not going to be able to get information across. The patient's going to lack understanding about what's actually going on. And ultimately, that's going to affect your patient adherence. And, and patients are not going to go away and do the rehab exercises, do their home exercise programs as you'd like them to do. But communication itself is, is actually a skill. It's something that can be learned. You know, for myself, you know, I'm naturally uh, an introverted sort of character, speaking, communicating, not something that I was sort of naturally good at, you know, growing up through high school, university, and even in my early years as a new grad. That's something that I had to work really hard on. You know, now, jumping on a podcast like this, jumping in front of the camera to film some some video for my new graphics membership or a training series or getting in front you know, of, of loads of people on stage at a lecture, a conference, or whatever it may be. I don't really bat an eyelid now, but that's that's not just happened by chance or overnight. That's something that I had to really work on because I identified it's something that that I need to become better at if I wanted to get to sort of where I wanted to be as a as a sort of therapist. And but the point I'm trying to make is that it's something that can be learned. So if communication isn't your strong point, you know, like it wasn't for me when I was a sort of new grad, you know. It's something that can be worked on. If you notice a problem, you can flag it up and there's, there's ways and means to actually improve. Uh, and I actually do a lot of teaching within my Neurofigial membership about exactly how you can develop this skill and actually how you can actually you know, deliver a better clinical message, not only to your patients, but also when you're speaking to maybe your senior colleagues and staff, whether that's a band seven or eight in the NHS or maybe it's your boss in private practice or it might even be the, the head coach or the senior physio if you're working in a sort of sports club or sports environment. Hi Andy here, hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Just want to make sure you haven't missed out on my new grad physio survival guide. The new grad physio survival guide shows you specific skill sets you need to know to survive as a new grad therapist working in your role in the NHS, private practice or even sport. It's my most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free at www.newgradphysio.com so make sure you check it out now let's get back to the podcast so what we need so by all you know 100% we need to be more competent with our clinical skills and be able to better our assessments our hands-on treatment techniques and also our sort of rehab planning but you know almost above all else you must also be able to deliver information to your patients so they actually understand what's actually going on, they actually believe in what you're saying. If you sound unconfident, if you sound nervous, if you're not being able to get your information across well to your patients, your patients are, are going to you know, think twice and second guess and think, you know, is he or she, did they really know what they're talking about? They, they look like a, a young and inexperienced sort of therapist and, and actually sound you know, like a young and experienced therapist. They're questioning whether you know the information you're giving, which might be 100% the correct information, they're questioning whether it is actually the right information because primarily because of your delivery and your actual communication skills. And if that's happening to you, 
you're probably seeing those patients that are coming back into clinic and they're not they've not you know reporting to you that they've not done their you know home exercise program or you can tell when you reassess them and they've not done their home exercise program because they ultimately not don't get the belief in what you're actually telling them to do and again that's down to your ability to actually get that message across well and deliver that information correctly to each and every patient that you see. And this also extends, like I said, not only to your patients and helping you to get better patient results, but also extends out to how you communicate with senior staff. So again, you know, you could have great ideas in your head, you know, be be really clear about maybe the conversation you want to have with, you know, a member of the, the senior you know, sort of staff team. But when you come to communicate, maybe it's in a, an MDT meeting or maybe it's just you know, one-to-one with you know one of your senior colleagues, if you're spluttering and you know coughing up words and you can't get the information you're trying to get across well, then you know that gives a perception to that person that you may be, you know, you're not as good as uh, as what you might be. You know, you might have all the great ideas. You might have been able. You might be talking through a particular case study, or you might be you know proposing some improvement to the department or whatever it may be. It doesn't really matter what the conversation's about, but your delivery of of, of that information is so so important. And if you if you sound sort of inadequate, almost if you sound you know like you don't know what you're talking about, then people will think you don't know what you're talking about and. Ultimately, again, that is just a communication problem. You know, it's not anything to do with your knowledge. You've got, you know, you know, bags of knowledge. You know, working, you know, working hard, obviously, for a university to to build up your knowledge base. And you know, if you keep working hard and learning as a new grad, you've got bags of knowledge that you can help the patients you're working with. So, you know, when we're delivering information to both patients and senior colleagues, it's all about nailing that message so it sounds confident it's clear it's concise and ultimately you're getting across those great ideas you've got in your head but in a way that makes you sound not like that young and inexperienced therapist that you know patients and senior colleagues will you know and this is 100% well will perceive you to be when you are in sort of new grad physio because the problems with that ultimately affects your patient results you're going to get poor patient progress and it can also lead to slower or even stagnation with your actual sort of career progress you know you're thinking you're having those communication um you're having those conversations with senior you know management senior people you know you, you might not be you know speaking to these people every you know 100 times a day you might you know come across and speak to them in, in, in some sort of depth you know a couple of times a week if you know if that in some environments so when you actually want to deliver information you want to make a good impression because ultimately those people that are above you in the sort of, on the on sort of career ladder are the people that are going to be making decisions whether you're ready for you know a promotion, whether you know maybe you're in private practice, we're going to pay some more money, give you more responsibility, whether you're in NHS, they might be seeing you as you know that, that therapist who they want for a static position or even you know um, a progression from a, a band five into a band six, or it might even be within a sports setting. You know, if you are able to communicate well and, and and give across a great account of yourself when you come into contact with other people, that might be you know, a stepping stone for you to maybe move from, you know, a part-time academy role into a full-time environment. Because ultimately, every interaction you have with these people, these senior people who are ultimately the gatekeepers to those, you know, career progressions that you want, you have to make a good impression. If you're not making good impressions, then then they're not going to see you in the the light that you want them to do. And you're not going to put, your, put yourself forward in the best way that you can. So when opportunities do come up, you know, your name's not going to be one of those names they're they're thinking about, they're talking about. But but if you are if you are able to make a great impression, and if you are able to 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 be at the forefront of their mind when these opportunities do come up, 
you're going to be well ahead of, of your peers, you know, to stand out for the crowd. And ultimately, this is a big, you know, an easy way ultimately to, to actually fly the promotion ladder faster than anyone thought possible. So to bring this sort of podcast to a close, I just want to summarise what we've sort of what covered about. So it's all been about delivering a great clinical message. And one of the one of the biggest factors is actually knowing and having confidence in your actual plan. So having a step-by-step system gives you the actual confidence. So you as a therapist know what you're doing in terms of the order of your assessments, but also your sort of treatment planning. And you could, you know, talk a patient through, you know, step-by-step how you're actually going to get them from point A of injury all the way through to a full recovery. And if you've got the confidence in what you're actually doing and you're actually on system, it makes it then so much easier when you're actually talking through the process and that treatment plan to a patient. Communication itself, we talked about it being a skill. So it's something, you know, if it's not a natural thing for you, communicating with patients and your colleagues, it's something that can be learned if you know exactly sort of how to do that. And the, the final point was really that, really about the problem so you know if you're not able to communicate well the problems it has is not only you you know maybe undermining your actual clinical skills but you're not going to get the that respect and recognition you deserve from both your patients and that ultimately is going to affect patient buy-in and actual patient results you get but also that respect and recognition from your senior staff who are, who are then maybe not going to see you in the light that you want them to see you in, which might lead to you know poor progression or slower or even stagnation of your actual career progress, lack of opportunities, and even you know a lack of increase in things like you know pay responsibility in the roles you're working, whether that is in the NHS, private practice, or even in professional sport. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out podcast number eleven when I talk all about how to get patients to buy into your treatment plan. So it's again focus a lot on communication, the skills you actually need to, to get your patients um, to, to, to buy in, to adhere to your actual treatment plan. Because we know that if patients are not doing this, then we're always going to be behind the eight ball. We're always going to be struggling to get the, the consistent, positive patient outcomes that we want. Thanks for joining me today. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're up to, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to the New Graph Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love my website, newgradphysio.com which is packed full of free content to help you, new grad physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice. Here you can view my blog and you can also download my new grad physio survival guide, which shows you the specific skill sets you need to know to survive as a new grad therapist working in your role in the NHS, private practice or sport. I'm really passionate about the new grad physio and trying to help as many new grad therapists as I can. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, then please leave a review and even better, tell somebody else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're up to, and here's to your own successful new grad journey.